Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today we're joined by Dr. Jack Shear to talk about how we must protect our pigs. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Shear. Hey, Matthew. Glad to be here. So I'm excited to talk about ASF. Not an exciting thing to have to have to talk about, but I'm excited to get some good input on ASF and really what the various outcomes could be if we don't do everything possible to prevent this from hitting the, the mainland here. So to start things off, could you just give us a little bit of a background about yourself and uh, what you do? And then we'll kind of jump into just the first question, which is, what is ASF? Sure. Uh, first of all, I'm a veterinarian. Um, I, was, uh, I went to school to uh, save animals. And I think part of what we're going to be talking about today is methods to prevent this disease from getting in the United States and, and to try to prevent this disease uh, and its devastating effects uh, if it did reach the United States. So I, I'm a veterinarian. I work for the U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, as part of the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Services. I am an associate administrator in APHIS, and um, I've been uh, with the agency uh, about 32 years. Okay. My can main focus. To... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Could, could you define APHIS? Yeah, it's the uh, we're, we're it's it's really uh, working on plant and animal health. We have two. Two main branches that do that, the, uh, the veterinary services branch and then the plant protection and quarantine branch. But we are made up of 11 different programs. Uh, emergency management is, is my main focus uh, in, within APHIS. And ASF would definitely be an emergency. Yes, sir. So can you talk about what ASF is and what signs should producers should be familiar with uh, in regards to what, what they might see if if we did, in fact, see ASF? Sure. African swine fever is a disease of only pigs, pigs and only pigs, and, uh, and, and that includes wild pig, wild boar, and, and, uh, and feral hogs, as we know them in the United States. Uh, that, that disease, the way it works, it's a contact disease of association. So if one pig has it, the secretions, uh, everything from their feces, urine, blood, uh, uh, anything in uh, lacrimation and uh, anything in their mouth that will spread the disease. Uh, it'll spread from one pig to another in that fashion. Uh, it, it, it's not aerosolized as we think of other diseases like FMD. So it's not going to float through the air from barn to barn, but it is moved by contact and people and machinery and products can move it from barn to barn, farm to farm if, if they're shared and there's a disease in and one barn versus the other. The way it looks in pigs is that can be any, anything from um, 
uh, clinical signs of fever, uh, vomiting, diarrhea, uh, red blotchy skin. Uh, they lay around and, and they pile up because they're sick. They have a, fe a high fever. Uh, they don't want to get up and move. Uh, eventually, this disease uh, is almost 100% fatal. There are different uh, what they call topotypes or strains of this disease, up to 20 of them, and they vary in, in virulence or, or um, signs, clinical signs from very uh, rapid disease uh, that uh, you see clinical signs in five to six days to mild disease, which is very hard to, to determine uh, that the animals are that sick. Um, it represents or it, it, it um, looks very similar in pigs to a lot of the pig diseases that we have in the United States domestically, such as salmonella, uh, PERS, pseudorabies, um, and, and, and TGE. So it's, it's, it's hard to differentiate from other pig diseases, so except in the highly virulent form where a lot of pigs die. So with... With producers today, we've been hearing a lot about ASF for the last few years. And I think one thing that makes it scary for producers is that you're almost sitting and waiting. Is that here I am, I'm with my with my pigs in a particular state, might not be doing a lot of international travel, definitely not visiting some of the, the countries that are getting hit by this really bad. What can producers and veterinarians who others work with pigs actually do to prevent the disease from reaching the U.S.? Um, one of the things is uh, bio security. We, talk, we, we preach bio security all the time, and that stems from everything from the, the, the facility itself to how the farmers enter the facility, um, whether they allow visitors or not, all the things they can do to clean and disinfect things before they enter their barns. Um, bio security is key. So what we're saying there is prevention is key. Prevention is a, is a lot cheaper and spending the money on that biosecurity prevention is cheaper than getting the disease itself. So we, we uh, try to demonstrate and, and provide information on biosecurity methods and training for not only the producer themselves, but perhaps their workers if they have them and, and anyone else that's involved in their production. So it's everything from the feed truck that comes on the facility, the the dead truck that takes away the animals that have, have perished to um, how they uh, go into and exit their facility and what, and what bus security methods are taking to prevent disease from coming in and out uh, and practicing and auditing that on a regular basis, because having a good plan doesn't mean that that plan is followed. You have to, you have to make sure that you're, you're revisiting that with your employees and that there's a recurrent evaluation of that plan to make sure it's doing everything that it, that it could. So prevention is, is key. And there's also beyond that, it's what the U S government is doing to keep the disease out of the United States. We do not allow any importation of pork, pork products or pork related um, commodities in from any country that has African swine fever. So that's, that's restricted. We, uh, we also have uh at the border, the Customs and Border Protection that works with um, with us very closely to intercept pork and pork products that come in, perhaps in passenger baggage from flights or um, from cruise lines or anyone else that enters the United States from these countries so that we don't inadvertently bring that in or a passenger doesn't bring 
that unknowingly and dispose of it improperly. So to the kind of, now that we've got a good baseline of what is ASF and what can we do to prevent it, let's, let's talk scenarios. If ASF makes it into the U.S., what will it do potentially in regards to how it affects the pork industry and the economy? Okay, let's, um, let's talk a little bit, too, about what ASF has done so far in the world. We know that, that, good. Yes. It, that it's moved in, 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 since, in, since January 2020. ASF's been reported in 39 countries in the world. It's resulted in the death or loss of production in over 1.845 million animals. So they had to be culled because of disease or exposure to disease. That's a lot. That's a lot of swine in the in the world. The United States produces 12% of all the pork that the world in the world. So we're a pretty big producer. We have currently in the United States about 72.5 million swine. That's based on 2021 statistics. We're the third largest uh, pork producer in the world. We export about 8.1 billion um, pounds, uh, dollars, excuse me, dollars worth of, of swine and swine-related products. Um, we're, we're the largest exporter, uh, followed by Germany. So 28% of our production is exported. So 28%. Now, if we get this disease, all that production stays here. That would be devastating to our economy, devastating to the swine industry, and devastating to all related or ancillary industries because production would would be um, would be halted in many many aspects, and billions of dollars would be lost in trade. It was estimated by Iowa State University that in the first two years of an outbreak of African swine fever in the United States, it would cost over ten billion dollars, oh. and over a ten-year period of time, it would be up to up to 50 billion. Other estimates say up to $80 billion. So if we get this disease and it, and it, it would become endemic, meaning it would be widespread, it would be very devastating, not only to the swine industry, but our entire economy because of all of the aspects of what the swine industry touches in regard to production, employment, and all an- ancillary industries, such things as the grain industry. So what have other countries done to help support producers that are going through this? Are, are governments getting involved in helping subsidize some of these losses, or how are these other governments helping out? I think other governments do get involved because, uh, as you watched, uh, what has happened in many of these countries, uh, their, their goal when they get it is to eradicate. They don't want to live with this disease because it's, it, it devastates uh, the production facility and you never know when, uh, you know, it might rear its ugly head in your country. And, you, and if you're border, border, a border country with a country that has it, you want to make sure you're taking protective measures. So what they get involved in is, is, the, is the surveillance and, the, and the, the depopulation of infected and exposed animals. Some countries pay indemnity. Some do not. Um, some, some take the animals based on you know, government decree. Others, others will come in, work with the farmer, and pay indemnity. Uh, they want to get rid of it. They want it to be reported. Uh, they work very hard uh, to deal with it under under biosecure methods. And uh, 
despite those efforts, in many countries, it still continues to spread. So when when producers, let's say if producers, find signs of a possible case, what should they be doing? Great question. The first thing that we say is pick up the phone, call your state vet or your federal vet's office, because there's a state vet, of course, in every state and a federal veterinarian in every state. They can pick up the phone and call that call that number and report the suspicion that they may have African swine fever or that they have a disease there that they don't recognize. So it's different from what they see day to day. Get in touch with their accredited veterinarian. Have him make the call if they don't know how to get get uh, that make that call. Or they can get on the APHIS website and go to www.aphis. Uh, excuse me, backslash uh, protect our pigs, and or just go to the APHIS website in general. And there's a number there to call that they can that they, where they can get hold of someone to come out and do what we call is a foreign animal disease investigation. They come out. We send a, a, a trained foreign animal disease diagnostician. They take the proper samples. If they think it's the real thing or a, a, a very serious, they'll, they'll put those, those samples on a plane to Palm Island where our foreign animal disease diagnostic lab is. They'll run those samples within 24 hours and they'll get an answer. So APHIS, outside of, outside of all of that, what are you currently working on right now? What are some of your current projects that are in place to continue to protect swine and pig farmers? And what does that look like? Like, what does the future roadmap for APHIS look like around, around this? So, so knowledge is power, right? We know that the more we can train our producers in, in the swine industry about African swine fever, which sets things as even this podcast how valuable is that for owners uh, to know what this disease looks like, who to call, how to, how to react? That's, that's important. And, and our, our agency has spent a great deal of time and energy working on the Protect Our Pigs campaign and getting information out to different areas. And let me just talk a little bit about that. And we know that in Hispaniola or in Haiti and the Dominican Republic, in 2021, July of 2021, we first discovered uh, that they had African swine fever because we were running samples for them since 2019 looking for this disease and trying to prevent it from, um, you know, spreading before we had knowledge of it. And and to, to the Dominican Republic's credit, they're the only country that said, yeah, we'll send you samples so we can test that we want to know. And so when we discovered it, that created a whole... Um, cascade of events that the gov- our government has undertaken. First of all, Hispaniola or Haiti and the Dominican Republic were already restricted from sending uh, pork and pork products to the United States because they had classical swine fever and they've had it since the, since the late 60s. So we had already restricted them. But as a result of African swine fever and the closeness to Puerto Rico, we put several measures in place. We put a protected protection zone in place, which says basically it's very simple that if Puerto Rico were to get African swine fever introduced, uh, that we have put restrictions and, and contingencies in place to prevent anything from Puerto Rico coming to the U.S. and affecting the mainland 
and therefore affecting our exports. So we did Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Since that time, we have worked in Puerto Rico to put in very heavy surveillance programs to not only do surveillance of their domestic swine on the farms, but also to do slaughter surveillance when the animals are taken to, to get processed. Oh, wow. we're also, Yeah, we're also doing surveillance of what's called YOLA landings. YOLAs are boats that um, are contain immigrants from Cuba, uh, Haiti, the Dominican Republic, and they, they get in these boats and, and, and try to land in, in Puerto Rico as, as a way to, to escape uh, some of the things that they're dealing with in, in their own countries. So those boats, those YOLAs are being intercepted by the U.S. Coast Guard. We're working closely with them. If they intercept the YOLA, and there are up to 300 of those that try to land each year in Puerto Rico and in and, and Florida, then they take those people, they repatriate them to their countries, and they destroy the boats because this is a business for some people to move those people across. Uh, we're also doing uh, surveillance around those landings to make sure. Another thing we've undertaken with our wildlife services folks in 2018, when Hurricane Maria went through uh, Puerto Rico, a lot of the um, the Vietnamese pot-bellied pigs that were kept for pets outdoors escaped, and they set up a breeding population along the coastal areas of Puerto Rico. We've undertaken a, a project, uh, been going on for about a year now, to eradicate those animals, and currently... Uh, from a large number of breeding animals that were out in the, in the population, we've eliminated them to the point where they aren't, they're, they're, they're hard to find. We're actually using detector dogs and cameras to see if we can spot them. When before, uh, you could walk down the streets and, and see 10, 12 of them uh, grouped together in groups. And when we initially set the traps up in Puerto Rico, we would have five or six of those animals in a trap as we were removing them from the trap. And of course they were squealing. Other pigs uh, would come out to see what was going on. That's how many pigs there were. Oh wow. And they, they were all over the, the neighborhoods. And so, uh, and this was, a, this was not a rural area. This was uh, San Juan and, and other urban areas where these pigs were. We're also eradicating feral hogs on uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands, St. Thomas and St. Croix, as well as uh, those in those feral hogs that are not Vietnamese pot bellies in Puerto Rico. So that's, that's just Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. We set up uh, a tremendous education campaign, as I said before, podcasts and uh, social media and uh, radio and TV in Puerto Rico, talking about the disease, what it is, what it isn't, uh, and, and working with them. Also with, with uh, our preclearance program in Puerto Rico and the folks that work for CBP uh, in the U.S. Virgin Islands have been working on making sure that no pork or pork products uh, from the Dominican Republic or Haiti uh, uh, reach the United States. So they're inspecting their baggage and taking those items out of their baggage if they see it. Uh, and we do have a good preclearance program in Puerto Rico with the PPQ folks. They work very hard. And we have taken quite a number of uh, items from from uh, travelers that, in a sense, don't know 
the rules. We had a signage in the airports, major signage in the in the in the in the, in the Puerto Rican airport, as well as the major international airports in the United States uh, that talk about uh, not bringing meat or meat products or pork or pork products into the U.S. So we're working closely with CBP in the U.S. Uh, along the border, as well as in the airports and ports, uh, on signage and information. We're, we're just uh, we're doing slaughter. We're doing surveillance again in the United States uh, in the major uh, feral swine states like Louisiana, Florida, uh, Texas, and Alabama to uh, eliminate those animals and test them. Uh, we're also we also tested all the feral hogs that we that we that we took eradicated in Puerto Rico. And so far up, up to this point, we found no African swine fever. So that surveillance is ongoing. As far as domestic swine in the United States, we any sick animal, sick hog submissions that go to the laboratory, we test them, whether requested or not, for African swine fever and classical swine fever. And then again, as we talked about earlier, we have the foreign animal disease uh, diagnost diagnostic um, testing uh, for uh, Whenever someone calls in and says, "Hey, I've got something funny here. I need someone to come out and look at it," so those yeah, are some of the things we're doing. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And I think so many people, when we think about illegal immigration, right, that's the last thing you're thinking about as well. This person could accidentally bring in like an epidemic, an endemic for an endemic to the U.S. swine herd, which will affect the overall economy. And so it's it's crazy how many things that you guys have been able to put into place to try to protect the borders from this uh, this, this disease. Yeah, and, and the more we do, the more uh, suggestions we get, the more we can do. We have a national veterinary stockpile, and we're working very hard to equip that for in the event or the advent of, of a foreign animal disease that is in large animals, uh, things that you don't think of, like um, how do you euthanize those animals? How do you dispose of those animals? What techniques uh, do you need to put in place? We're working closely with the states so that they can get prepared and that they can think ahead, as well as the producers, to have individual farm plans for how they're going to deal with uh, this disease should it should it come to the to their farm. So, are there any upcoming events that uh, individuals can can think of where they might be able to learn more, or any place they can go to get more resources? Yeah, I would start with you know there there's there's constantly uh, some of the universities are constantly having. Uh, training sessions or, or conferences. So I'd watch for those. Uh, the uh, Tick Our Pigs campaign, there's a lot of information on that website that producers can read, they can download, they can get signage, uh, all those types of things. And um, that will have, that will be constantly updated and changed. So it'll have uh, information on what's upcoming, podcasts, uh, webinars, those kinds of things. Uh, that's a very good source of information. Their state veterinary office is also a good source of information as well as the federal veterinary office in their, in their state. And, uh, you know, constantly the, there's uh, training sessions for veterinarians uh, that universities are putting together on African swine fever. Uh, so they just need to keep an ear open to those events in their own state. Gotcha. So before we wrap things up here, because this has been really insightful, could you please share with us uh, something unique about yourself that most people uh, you work with might not know, and then a uh, golden nugget, a uh, word of wisdom that you could share with listeners. That's something unique about myself. Well, 
I love to fish. That's my passion. I mean, uh, my boys and I will travel to Canada about every other year to fish, and uh, we, we like to fish for walleye. That's something I love to do. It's the only way I can relax because I get away from the phone and, and they can't reach me, and that's a, that's a nice thing. And the boys can't can't uh, get called either. So that's one thing that I don't think anybody knows about me. But um, as far as the thing I want people to take away from this golden nugget is remember that although the United States government and everyone in the states, state governments and all regulatory officials are doing everything they can, they can't do it alone. We need to partner between us, the federal government, state governments and industry to make sure that we're vigilant, that we have good biosecurity in place and that we work collaboratively together. This, this will be a huge, we have lots of things we need to address. Even though the things I've talked about that we have addressed, we have more to do and we're working together to do, to get that done. But we need to have that, that constant collaboration to deal with this, prepare for this and hopefully keep it out of the U S. Well, we really appreciate you being a guest on the popular pig podcast. It, it learned a lot here and I appreciate the beginning to end thoroughness of, of what you've shared and, and some of the insights that you've given on everything you're doing just south of, of the U.S. here to, to help prevent ASF from getting here and affecting our producers and our economy. So thank you so much for your time. No, thank you, Matthew. Appreciate the time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com.